Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Well, welcome back again to another episode of the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Christian, I'm glad you're here with me today because we are starting to get into the meat of Galatians chapter 2, specifically the second half of Galatians. But first of all, before we start, how is your week? Uh, week's good. Another week of enjoying the divine dispensing during ordinary days. Nicely put, Christian. And I'm glad you said that because today we're actually going to get into what that means. So what you just said, the divine dispensing, this idea that God wants to give himself, give himself to us, but not in miraculous ways like gigantic, you know, heavenly opening and he pours out like a dove or a lightning strikes or things like that. But through our ordinary living, God wants to give himself to us in all those situations. Galatians 2, specifically verse 20, is what really opens that up. Well, Christian, before we start, do you mind recapping a little bit of what has been going on so far? Specifically, this matter of religion versus Christ, because I want our listeners to really understand what we mean by the word religion. So starting from kind of the middle of Galatians 1, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians, he starts giving his his testimony, his own story, right? And he was recapping how he was zealous for the traditions of his fathers, even persecuting the believers. And then all of a sudden, it pleased God to reveal that his son is in Paul. And Paul had a big turn from the traditions of his fathers to this real and living person, Jesus. And then, you know, moving on in Galatians 1 and, and 2, Paul is addressing an issue that's uh, occurring with the, uh, the Galatian believers where these Jewish brothers, he actually calls them false brothers, kind of were spying out these Galatian believers' freedom in Christ. And they were saying that these Gentile believers had to be circumcised and had to obey the Jewish diet and even needed to, um, to take the Sabbath, all things according to the Jewish law. But, but Paul is very firm for the truth that, no, it's not about these outward rituals and traditions, the law. No, it's no longer these things but it's Christ, but it's our faith in Christ. And last time we had talked even a little bit about how the apostle Peter, he himself was kind of dragged by his Jewish culture back into a kind of hypocrisy when the brothers from James had come. So I would say we're, we're not immune. We're not immune. We shouldn't think we're any better. 
but but thank the Lord for for Paul and Peter there, all the fellowship, the back and forth they have, and even Peter as an example for us, and for Paul's holding fast to the truth. So I think that brings us to the the last portion of Galatians two, where Paul is now really emphasizing not the religion, not not trying to do things for God, apart from God, without God, independent of God, but seeing this this living person, Jesus, and a completely new at the time, a new way of believing the Lord. So I think that's kind of where we are at. Christian, I really like the word that you pointed out there, being independent from God, because essentially this is our definition of religion or a religious system. So I want again to define this idea because many of us that grew up in Christianity, we just think Christianity, religion, they're all the same thing. But our definition of religion actually is the way the Bible defines it, which is attempting to serve God apart from God or independent of God. And the reason this is such a big issue is actually pointed out the very last verse of Galatians chapter 2, which says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Or some translations said Christ died for nothing. And this is serious. This is why Paul could not let this go. You know, Christian, I was just thinking, why is it such a big deal? We're Christian, just get circumcised. Why is it such a big deal? We're Christian, just eat the way the Jews used to eat. There's no big deal, no problem with that. But you don't need the Lord to be circumcised. You don't need the Lord to eat a certain way. In fact, when the Lord was on the earth, you realize the sacrifices and everything continued to happen at the temple. Yet the Lord was nowhere near the temple. What does that show you? That shows you that that system could continue to operate without any problem, even though the Lord had nothing to do with that system anymore. And so when the believers were starting to be pulled back into that system, essentially what was happening was they were being pulled back into an independence from God. The only difference now is they believed in the Lord. They loved the Lord. They wanted to serve the Lord. But in practical, real-life situations, they could serve the Lord in name, but in practice, they were essentially independent from God again. And Paul did not want this to happen because this is completely against what the Lord was doing. This is not what the Lord died for. This is not what the, what the Lord gave himself to us or that, verse, that word you use, dispensed himself to us for. So Christian, let's go ahead and get into today's key verse, which is Galatians 2.20. Do you have that verse? Yes. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself up for me. Christian, that is probably one of my top five most favorite verses because what Paul is describing there is the Christian life. What Paul is describing in that verse 
is the new covenant. What Paul was describing in that verse is the practical living that Christ is after today. So do you mind expanding these verses out a little bit? Specifically, I would say this verse can probably be expanded into two sections. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> you know, the first half, Paul's talking about his own understanding, his own experience. I am crucified with Christ. That's, that's really mysterious. Paul's had some kind of revelation of, a, of an, some kind of objective reality that happened because of his organic union to the Lord. When he believed into the Lord, even, you know, Paul says in Romans, like, we were buried with him, when we rose with him, things like that. So, so Paul says here in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. So we've been, somehow we've been terminated. That's very mysterious. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I think that, that section is very popular. Christ lives in me. That's very comforting as a believer. You know, the Lord lives in us. But I'll say, is that just merely an objective doctrine that we've been crucified and the Lord lives in us? And then Paul even goes on to say, but the and the life which I now live in the flesh. A point to be made here is Paul's life wasn't obliterated. Your your life, my life wasn't obliterated when we believed into the Lord. But something did happen. The Lord did come to reside in our spirit. And we now do still continue to live a life in the flesh. But here's perhaps where the difference might be. Is the life we're now living, are we, is it, are we ones living in the faith, the, uh, the faith of the Son of God? Are we choosing to live by the divine life that we have? Are we feeding that life, might I say? I wanted to add a verse here, John 6.57. John 6.57 says, As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. So that this was the Lord Jesus speaking. He was one who was dependent in his living, in his life. He was dependent on the Father. So here he said, also you also, he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. This is the kind of organic dependence. Actually, it was established all the way back in the Garden of Eden. So again, bringing this back to Galatians 2.20, Objectively, yes, we've been crucified with Christ and the Lord lives in us. But now, you know, the life which we now live, perhaps it is very possible for us to still live independent from the Lord and to live according to our old manner of life, our old self. But practically, very practically, and I would say even in my own experience, if I take the time to partake of the Lord, to enjoy the Lord, to enjoy the dispensing, that dispensing becomes my living. I can live because, because of him. In, in, the, in the same way that I really, I live because of my breakfast that I eat every day. Really. So in the same way, we can live because of the Lord. That's a pretty wonderful verse that you brought in there, Christian. And I like how you broke this verse into two parts. Because you're exactly right. The first part. 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. This is a glorious fact that us as believers have to say hallelujah, that now we know that. I remember one of my favorite hymns growing up was a hymn called Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. I think it was written by a pastor named Rufus McDaniel. And it was awesome because in that hymn, the brother is exalting that now God is living in him. But you're right. Often we can just assume that as objective fact. So of course, Jesus lives in my heart. Of course, Jesus lives in me. But then Paul says the second half of the verse, no, no, it's not just objective fact. Yet the life which I now live, right? So now we're still living, which sometimes you're like, okay, Paul, are you schizophrenic? I mean, a minute ago, you said, it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives. And now you said, yet, yeah, I live, right? What are you talking about there? What Paul is talking about there is living a life that is completely dependent on God. And I like that, a life of faith in the Son of God. And Christian, I really want to point out that verse that you brought out in John, where he says, he who eats me, he shall live because of me. Oftentimes, I feel like we would substitute the word by. He who eats me, he shall live by me. Almost using God more like a cane or a crutch. Right, God is a tool that we would use to live the Christian life. But the word because in that picture of food, food is not a tool for us. Food is intricately related to how we live. We don't have food. We don't live. It's very simple. We don't need rocket scientists and PhDs in microbiology and physicians to tell us that. It's something that all humans experience. But this is the picture that God chose to use. This is the Christian life that the Lord is waiting for, that there are believers that do know that Christ lives in him, but not only know, they have learned to feed that life. They have learned to spend time with the Lord to grow that life. And in their daily situations, they give opportunity for that life to be expressed. When I'm seeing a patient or I'm comforting a family member, I'm not just me doing it. I'm giving the Lord an opportunity to, to express himself in those times. And that, Christian, is the Christian life that the Lord is looking for. And I appreciate that little phrase in that verse in Galatians 2.20. It says, he loved me and gave himself up for me. It's so personal, Christian. On one aspect, yes, the Lord died for the church. On one aspect, yes, the Lord loved the whole world, right? He sent his own begotten son. So there is this collective love that the Lord and the Father has. But in this verse, what is maybe empowering Paul to live this way was this personal affectionate love that the Lord and him had together, which is also what is available to us which is really, Christian, if we don't love the Lord, if we don't tell the Lord we love him, there is no way to live this kind of life. We will resort back to the easier things. Easy, it's easier to just eat a certain diet to, than to ask the Lord, Lord, what, can I, what should I eat? It's easier to follow a set of rules 
than to ask the Lord every day, moment by moment, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? Anyway, I think this is, it's so different, but so important because Paul was so strong about this point. It's really touching, actually. It's very personal. The Son of God who loved me gave himself up for me. So that, that starts to bring to mind verses like in First John, we love because he first loved us. So actually, we don't have to muster up something to serve the Lord or to love the Lord. We love because he first loved us. And, you know, sometimes maybe we just need to take the time to feel the love from the Lord. Just even taking time to come to the Lord and maybe open to the Lord. Lord, show me how you love me. I, I, I've done that. And it's, it's very sweet. It's very sweet. This is a great help to our personal walk with the Lord, our personal relationship to the Lord. It's not a, uh, a king to his subject. It's not some kind of instructor or supervisor telling us to do this and that. It's a very loving relationship, uh, a husband and a wife. Amen. Praise the Lord for this wonderful person who loves us, who wants to set us free from all kinds of law and to, uh, to live by enjoying him. Amen, Christian. We will wrap it up there. This is the turning point in Galatians, which I really want all our listeners to realize. It is not adequate for us to live the Christian life independent from God, even if we did everything right, even if we went on all the mission trips and we served in the praise band and we donated all the money and this and that and this and that. It is not sufficient to live the Christian life in that way if you are apart from the Lord. So the motivation for us to live this Christian life, being dependent on the Lord, all starts with his love for us. It says he gave himself up for me, for you. And that is so sweet and so touching. And out of that love, that is where the grace comes from. That is where the faith sprouts from. That is where we learn to eat and learn to drink and learn to be one with God. Christian, I'm so excited about the next few chapters that we'll be getting in. I've also been really glad that we went through this book also in our Bible study on campus. So anyway, any final closing thoughts before we wrap it up, Christian? Pray the Lord would grant us all another week of divine dispensing. Amen. Thanks again, Christian, for your time. Amen. But it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. The faith in the Son of God, who loved and gave himself up for me. And now I'm walking by the Spirit, step by step, day by day. Oh Lord, I love you, you're the precious one to me. As I do this and that, Lord, remind me where you're at. You're in my spirit, dispensing grace to me. I am crucified with Christ.